With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on vSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday morning in the month of May. Michael, how are we doing this AM? Good morning. We're doing really well, Femi. I mean, we got great weather. You know, we got great, great things to bet on. I mean, last night was interesting. You know, we got the the Miami Heat, the A seed, who couldn't beat the Chicago Bulls, are now in the conference finals. You know, the great Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, is uh, carrying it, and uh, and then we got the Lakers. I mean, what Will Hill's been able to do with that team is remarkable, and so his Laker team with, uh, you know, gets to the conference. I mean, look, the, the both we have two teams in the in the finals that were playing teams. That's crazy. That's really crazy. Think about that. <laughs> it, it, well, it shows you the regular season. I mean, the reg- this, you know, we don't play the regular season. Nobody, I mean, it's not as important. You know, in the NFL, the regular season is important. But the other thing I think we saw last night as we enter this weekend, Femi, is that is the the Warriors are at the end of their rope. And I mean, I think mm. they all admitted it. Kerr, uh, you know, you read Draymond's comments and and Steph Curry's comments. I mean, this is going to take a retool. I guess the question will be, is Kerr coming back? Mm. Bob Myers, the general manager, is he coming back? I think there's a lot of things that are going to have to get answered out in Golden State, out in San Francisco. Well, we're going to get into that discussion here in just a bit, but I want to set the table for what we have going over these next couple of hours here. It's going to be a fun show. Make sure to tweet at us, at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at M Lombardi NFL is where you can find Michael, at Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. Coming up, three great guests on the Lombardi line this morning. Rick Doc Walker, former NFL tight end, now turned radio host in the D.C. area, host over at 106.7 The Fan. We're going to talk Washington Commanders, new sale. We're progressing along, Josh Harris era. We're on the cusp of that for Washington Commanders football. We'll discuss that with Doc Walker in 30 minutes. Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN senior NBA analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, will join us 45 minutes from now to recap what we saw last night in the NBA and also to preview Game 7. Sixers Celtics coming up tomorrow afternoon, then at 9 or 11.30, I should say, Eastern time, 8.30 West Coast time. Our buddy Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata, will join us from Atlantic City to talk about what he's seeing behind the window there. And maybe maybe some early Preakness thoughts from our guy TG there because Mage is running in the Preakness. So a lot of fun there for the Triple Crown race here. But, Michael, we got to talk about that Western Conference semifinals game last night. Game six, Lakers beat the Warriors 122-101 there. A lot of questions about what's going to be next here for this Warriors dynasty. Is it over? Can they make one more run? We'll get into that. But just from what you saw last night there with the Lakers, boy, what a turnaround this was in season. Make all those moves at the deadline. They were a team that was in 11th place in March, and now they are four wins away from the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I think they're a hard out, right? Assuming they can stay healthy. I've been saying they look like the best team in the West for a while, and everybody's answer back to me is, can they stay healthy? And if they do, I mean, Anthony Davis thought he might have had a concussion, comes back and plays 40 minutes the other, last night. And look, this defense is stifling. I mm. mean, look at what they, you know, they held the Warriors to 27% shooting for the three-point line. 
You know, they were 38% from inside the threes. Uh, they just were incredible. You know, they don't foul. The Warriors only had 14 free throws in the game. So the defense set by Davis. And then I think LeBron, he played 43 minutes last night. But you see LeBron understand how to play and how to use his energy that he knows is running out. He can't play at the same level he did 10 years ago, but he understands how to play. And they get some help from their role players. So, look, I, I think it's going to be a great series against Denver. I mean, Denver is is still a good team. They took care of uh, Phoenix in six games. I think it'll be a great series. But this, but Laker team behind their defense is really a challenge. And I think we saw it last night. And we are we have seen the end of an era in Golden State. I mean, you know, this is this is you know, when you get whooped like that, and you're. Five, what were they? Uh, seven games, six games over five hundred. Couldn't win on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, at some point, as Parcell says, you are who you are. Hundred percent. Right? <laughs> and they are. They're not good enough. Yeah, I, I thought it was a great instance of when a team tells you who you are. That, that you got to believe them. And and you believe all, them all, all season long. The worry we talked about the road record about how hey their road record is similar to these teams that are bottom five teams like San Antonio and Houston, but because they had that championship pedigree, we all thought that they were going to flip the switch in the playoffs and be like, okay, Golden State will figure out a way. And to some extent, they did that against the Sacramento Kings, winning that series on the road in game five and in game seven. But when you got up to play a more experienced team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, we saw those road woes. It's the first time in this Steve Kerr, Steph Curry era that they did not win a road game in a playoff series. And it's the first time they've lost to a Western Conference team. Yeah, I mean, this is Kerr's first loss, right? I mean, yep. series loss as a coach. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation about Bob Myers. Will he come back as the general manager? But the team needs a reboot, right? You know, and, and who are they going to reboot around? Obviously, Steph Curry's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you were you're disappointed in Clay Thompson last night, Oof. shooting three for 19 from the floor. Couldn't make a shot. He was 2 of 12 on the three-point line. So, I mean, there's a lot of serious questions that you have to answer. And, and where are they going and what direction? This is the hardest thing for any great team that has won championships. How do you sustain excellence? How do you continue? What moves do you need to make? You know, they had those two high picks in, in the draft, and those picks haven't come through. You know, they already traded Weissman away, and so now that where are they? You know, you kind of thought they were going to replenish their team with those picks, and it really hasn't manifested itself, Emmy. Yeah, it's been they've been kind of trying to dance this tough dance of, going for it while also building for the future. That's why they've had a little bit of friction there where it's, okay, like we need to put all our eggs in this basket to maximize Steph Curry's prime and go for as many titles as possible. But then the owner, Joe Lacob, is like, well, we also need to kind of have a future. So let's invest in these young guys like Kaminga and Moody. Wiseman, it didn't really work out. Like you said, I mean, imagine if they hit that pick, that number two pick, they're drafting James Wiseman. This could be a whole other story that we're talking about here. But they tried to kind of dip their toe and kind of have their hands in both pots there where it's tough to do that from a team-building standpoint and just from a roster standpoint. But they pulled it off last year winning the title, but it kind of caught up to them this year. I'm curious, though, because I read that piece from Sham Sharani over at The Athletic about the Warriors. I mean, that thing came out literally like two minutes after the buzzer sound. Shams had that thing ready, talking about the Warriors' future here. But he brought up the point about Bob Myers and what he's meant to the fabric of that organization, how he connects with the players. He's a former agent. He understands how these players think, and he understands the relationships with those guys he can go ahead and ask somebody to take a pay cut because he has that built-in relationship with them. If he moves on, that might be more difficult to go going forward here where you get a new GM who I'm I'm assuming it's going to come within the ranks there is what it sounds like from reading that article, but still they don't have that kind of connection and that that gravitas that Bob Myers does with the big three, Curry, Draymond, and Klay Thompson. Well, it's going to be a tough job. I mean, anytime you take over a winning franchise and you want to make changes, I think – you know, you've got to decide on what you're going to do. I would say, do you think Draymond's going to be on the team next year? I mean, I think that's the first question you got to ask. Is yeah. he going to be on the team next year? It w- will Clay Thompson be on the team next year? I mean, this is an undertaking, and it's a hard job for a young general manager to walk into because do you have enough clout to trade players? You know, do you have mm-hmm. enough? Do you have enough history of success to be able to say this is the right thing we need to do? This is how we're going to rebuild the franchise. It's a hard job. It's a hard job because once you start getting rid of fan favorites and players that have been part of the fabric, you know, the pressure then comes onto you as yep. you got to try to win. So this has got to start from the ownership down. There's got to be complete alignment on how they see the vision to rebuild this team. 
And that's not an easy job. It's not. I could see why Myers is saying, you know what, maybe it's time for me to go somewhere else and start anew and see what I could do where else, at another team. Yeah, but it's an attractive job, though, even though it has its challenges, clearly. I mean, you still have Steph Curry playing at a very high level, and you can always build around that kind of a player in the NBA there, but somebody's going to have to kind of reshuffle the decks out in Golden State to see if it can pop. I mean, that Jordan Poole contract now, that thing's hanging over their heads with the way he played this postseason. Maybe he can get back on track next season or so after they reshuffle the deck, but gosh, I mean, he was just awful i don't want to pile on the guy because he's getting he's been getting piled on by warriors fans yeah. and, and other nba fans here but man you, you if you're going to pay a guy 128 million with four years left he's going to need to perform much much better than what he did in this series yeah i think this i mean i think the hard thing for personnel people and general managers to do is is when you have a great player on the team is you tend to overvalue some of the players that they make look a lot better you know, when Poole comes in and plays his 25 minutes and he really looks good, you're like, wow. But could Poole stand alone? I think that's the hard thing. It, it really is a documentary on how to separate good and great. And I think this is the issue you get into, especially in the NBA. You know, who is really a great player and who can carry a franchise? And who deserves these contracts, right? You know, are they replaceable parts? In the NFL, it's hard, too. I think it's one of the reasons teams get in a lot of salary cap trouble is because they overpay good and they think they're getting great and they fall well short of that. And you have to be really meticulous in that. And I think that's ultimately what happens. You tend to overvalue the players and because one of the players is making everybody else good. And I think Curry can make you look good, but he needed Clay. He needed Draymond. Those three need to make everybody else look good. And maybe Draymond's not the same player, but maybe Clay's not the same guy either. Yeah, Clay Thompson coming off knee injuries, Achilles injuries. You can tell his legs aren't quite there. He's not the defender he once was, and and you can see his legs kind of went on his shot. I mean, the the shooting was atrocious from Clay Thompson uh, on the Lakers side here. Before we head to break, uh, LeBron James now forty one playoff series wins, the most ever in NBA history. Now has gone to a twelfth conference finals. Uh, he keeps adding to this resume. Earlier this season, became the NBA's all time leading scorer. Uh, it, this is greatness personified, and I almost kind of had to remind myself of like. These guys, LeBron and AD, have not lost a series when they played in every single game in that series, and I forgot about that heading in. Uh, I'm not going to forget about that going forward in this Western Conference Finals against the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, well, they're going to have to shoot like they did. I mean, they're 50% from the three-point line last night. You know, when they do that and the way they play defense, that's a hard team to play. The Lakers advance to the Western Conference Finals. Well, there are underdogs against the Denver Nuggets. We'll get into that series all throughout the weekend. But I want to talk some Miami Heat before we get into the NFL news and notes here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The next 30 days is something I like to call Better's Paradise. And for a limited time, you can subscribe to Visa for only $9.99. That gets you insight into daily baseball best bets, NBA, and NHL playoffs. Only Visa and Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by Visa show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving every game. Also, a top Visa experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which Visa expert has the hot hand. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. 15 minutes from now, Rick Doc Walker, former NFL tight end, now radio host over at 106.7 The Fan in D.C., will join us to talk some Washington Commanders. Big, big news on the horizon for that organization. I think a lot of people in that area are much looking forward to. But here, Michael, before we get into our NFL news and notes, wanted to uh, just talk about the Miami Heat here for a second because the Heat <laughs> – Beat the New York Knicks 96-92 yesterday, closing the series out in six games. Miami heading to the Eastern Conference Finals after being the number eight seed. They were playing in the play-in tournament about a month ago, and here they are, the eight uh, seed in the Eastern amazing. Conference Finals. It's it's incredible. I, I was in I was in Miami doing a zip recruiter thing, and uh, I was in the hotel, and they were playing that night at. Uh, uh, the Bulls and I watched the game, and Max Struess was having a great game, but they couldn't they couldn't beat the Bulls that night. It was unbelievable, mm. and I'm thinking because I kept telling JVT like if Miami plays Philly, they'll beat them and they'll beat them. There's no there's there was no doubt in my mind, and JVT's no 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 you know there because the numbers don't back up what my what Miami was doing. But then we've had this. Butler insurgents, and he didn't even play as nearly his game last night. Maybe the ankle affected him. He played 41 minutes, Femi, but he wasn't the same guy. I mean, he shot 7 of 22 from the floor. But, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they've lost Oladipo, they lost Hero, and yet here they are. You know, they bring Duncan Robinson back off after they paid him. Kyle Lowry, they bring him off the bench. You know, he plays 31 minutes, and that they just are resilient. They're well coached. They understand how to force the other team to play left-handed. They're going to be a tough out. Yeah, Bam Adebayo, twenty-three points, nine rebounds in that game last night. Just a, a terrific performance for this Heat team. And I think, in terms of the playoffs, <clears throat> excuse me, because you talked about how the numbers didn't suggest Miami would go on this run, and that's true. Like you looked at the season-long stuff, it's like okay, this team is just kind of a mediocre squad, probably a quick five-game series for Milwaukee or for whoever they end up facing in the first round. And playoff basketball, what we're learning year over year now is that playoff basketball is completely different than regular season basketball. And I think that's the point to make with the Miami Heat and even the point to make to some extent with the Los Angeles Lakers because coaching and star players who can take over games when the moment is pivotal is what you need to win in the postseason. I feel like the teams that we've had that have been bounced out early – didn't quite have that. They didn't have the combination or they didn't have the other guys to help in that regard, whether it's Golden State with Steph Curry making plays but nobody else running alongside with him there. But you have the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic. He's made so many plays and has Murray and Porter to help him out. You have the Lakers, the LeBron and AD combo. And now you have Jimmy Butler to where Adebayo can have a big game. Gabe Vincent has been big in these playoffs. Who, who thought that we'd be talking about Gabe Vincent? And that's kind of what you need. And that's why I feel like we can get bogged down in the numbers and the analytics and the season-long data so much, but I'm not sure it really matters once it comes postseason time. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, it goes back to the old rule. You know, we all talk about offense, right? But at the end of the day, who can clamp down? Who can get stops? And, 
you know, the Knicks shot 28% from the three-point line. They shot 38. They didn't shoot well this whole series. And did they miss shots, or was it the effect of Miami's defense? And, you know, Miami didn't even shoot. I mean, Miami wins this game with Butler not having his best game Mm -hmm. and then making seven threes out of 27 attempts. That's fairly remarkable, right? So I think what we see is there's mental toughness, and there's players that understand how to win these. You know, it's really – it's vital to know what it's going to take, how to raise your level of play in a most important game. And, I mean, we're going to see this tomorrow night in Boston or tomorrow whenever they – I don't know if they announced the time we're yeah, going to tip off. I don't 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Okay. If, as of yesterday, I didn't know it. So, hmm. you know, 3.30, we'll find out. Can someone raise their level of play? I mean, these are, these are hard games. To eliminate a team, you know, on life support is challenging, and you have to have a, another level to get to. Can Boston get there? They did it in the fourth quarter. They have done it. Can Philly get there? We shall see. Last point on this. I'm sure you saw your boy Stephen A. just eviscerate the New York Knicks <laughs> during the halftime I mean, show. come on. I don't think that's fair to, uh, you know, look, that uh, you act like a fan when you do that. I, I think, to me, if you're analytical and you're breaking down the team, I think the Knicks tried, did as good as they could do. I don't think Jules mm-hmm. Randle was healthy, which I think really affected them. But we know the Knicks, that, I mean, other than Brunson, I mean, they need another player. You know, they need someone else. R.J. Barrett, you know, Grimes. I mean, everybody wants to blame the coach when, when it falls. I think they overachieved. You know, I think they mm-hmm. got to where nobody expected them to get there, especially with Randall. You know, I thought his ankle bothered him the whole time. They're going to need to make some moves in the offseason. But, look, everybody thought that Thibodeau was going to get fired back in December and January, and this team really played well, and they, and they have a mental toughness to them that matches the Heat. They just didn't have the other player to go along with it, which makes the Miami team so unique in the sense that it's Butler and Adebayo and then everybody else is a role player. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. Like this team, I think their win total was in the low 40s to start the season. They exceeded that. They got to, like nobody had the Knicks going to the Eastern Conference Finals. While in the moment, if you're a Knicks fan, it could be like a little bit of a bummer because you're going up against an eight seed and you had home court advantage. But Miami's not a traditional eight seed, and also like, like expectations heading into the season. If we told you guys that you'd go to the conference semifinals, I think every Knicks fan would have signed up for that in blood. So uh, <laughs> it's it's not all doom and gloom there. Yeah, the orange and blue skies before are still you out. get great. You yeah. got to get good before you get great. You just can't all of a sudden, you know, become this great team and, you know, and and, and write a Hollywood ending. So look, Miami's there. I mean, Miami wasn't a great team during the. I mean, they're they're playing. I mean, it's just remarkable, you know. And as Spolstra said, you know, we needed the adversity. We mm-hmm. needed to have the hard times to really to to kind of nail it down. And you know, when they signed Kyle Lowry, they didn't expect Kyle Lowry to be the you know, the eighth guy off the bench. I mean, Kyle Lowry hasn't kind of fit into their program yet. And, you know, he still doesn't look like a Heat-type player, but yet they've kind of – he's kind of responded. And so that was a lot of money that they spent on Kyle Lowry, and they haven't really got a hero. Same thing with Duncan Robinson. But this Butler, you know, his will to win is so prevalent and it's so strong that he's able to do it. To me, Boston should be the best team, but there's so many questions about Boston, especially when it comes to Joe Mazzulla coaching it and really taking it down the stretch. I mean, I can't imagine Tatum's going to play three quarters like he did the other night. Will he play better? Yeah, I think he will. Will the Sixers shoot better? Yeah, I think they will. I think it'll be a really good game. It's going to be a fascinating game tomorrow afternoon, game number seven. We'll talk about that with our buddy TG coming up in hour number two. But while we have a few minutes left here in this segment, uh, we believe that we're going to be headed toward a new day. In our nation's capital with the Washington Commanders, Josh Harris and his group have entered a purchase agreement with the Snyders to buy the Commanders franchise. Now, they agreed upon informally earlier in April on the $6.05 billion, but now it's in writing. It's an official agreement and now is waiting for league approval here as the Commanders are going to be uh, handed over to your boy, Josh Harris, who owns the Sixers and now is going to own the Washington Commanders. I mean, the the the, the Eagle fans are given uh, Smith, the receiver, uh, a lot of crap because he's a Celtic fan. How oh. are they going to handle Josh Harris when he comes into the Lincoln Financial as a Washington owner? I mean, I can't wait for that. Is he even going to come to that game? I wouldn't Look, if I was this him. is an undertaking. It's going to be interesting to see what Josh Harris did. When he bought the 76ers, they were, you know, he got him on an undervalue. This he paid premium dollar for. And there's still a few hurdles to go over in terms of the NFL Finance Committee and how they're structuring this deal because the NFL is going to have to change some rules 
to allow this. Nobody has $6 billion sitting in the bank to go ahead and, you know, and turn it over. There's a lot of loans that have to go through. There's a lot of debt ceiling that has to get passed through. But let's assume they get through that. I, I think Josh Harris has to start over. I think he's got to cha- rebrand the team. I think he's got to basically, and it's going to be interesting to talk to Doc Walker in the next, he's got to basically destroy the Snyder era, kind of blow it up mm-hmm. and rebrand this team again. Because if you basically look at the Washington football team, they've had two of the worst owners in the history of all sports. George Preston Marshall has no business being in the Hall of Fame. No business being in the Hall of Fame. His his inability to allow minority athletes to come into the NFL should exclude him from the Hall of Fame immediately. He has no business being in the Hall of Fame. He was the last owner to allow black players to play, Bobby Mitchell. It took to the 60s for him to do it. I write about this in my book, Football Done Right. It's truly an injustice that his, his statue's in the Hall of Fame. And then Snyder... As another owner, they had two of the worst owners in the history of sports. Hopefully, Josh Harris recognizes that and rebrands this team. Yeah, we hope that he does that as well. I mean, we talked about it yesterday on the GM Shuffle podcast. Washington Commanders have one primetime game, a market as big as Washington, D.C., playing in the NFC East against other marquee teams. One primetime game. This organization has been down in the dumps for quite some time here under the reign of Daniel Snyder. It's a new day with Josh Harris. That day is hopefully coming pretty soon here, and we'll see if the Commanders, can that once proud franchise, can get back up on its feet, and that fan base can be reignited in the DMV. We'll talk to Rick Doc Walker about that on the other side here. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi. Saturday morning, we're having fun here on VSIN. Michael, you get a nice little cup of the sip of that uh, coffee there. You, you good to go? It's always good to have the. It's always good to have the Duncan back. You know, I found a place actually. <laughs> Vegas had one. I, I was yeah. stopping by there on my way in. It was awesome. It's good to have the Duncan brand worldwide. I like it. There you go. Get you that caffeine to get you set for the Saturday morning festivities. Yeah. And joining us right now yeah. to talk all things. DMV, Washington Commanders, we bring in our first guest here on the program, played in the NFL, former tight end, now turned DC radio host over at 106.7 The Fan, the one and only Rick Doc Walker. Doc, we appreciate you joining us this morning, and we want to start here with the news that came out yesterday. Josh Harris has reached an agreement to buy the Washington Commanders from Dan and Tanya Snyder there. Uh, What's been the reaction over these last 12-ish hours or so in the DC area? Well, it's been going crazy, and good morning, and thank you for for having me. It's been crazy. The fan base is exhausted, and they are um, and showing it the only way you know how, and that is to celebrate. But then there's the cautious elders like myself that go, is it signed yet is my question. (laughs) And if it's not signed yet, then I'm going to be a little more reserved until I see it done i need to see the coffin in the ground yeah I, I think you're you're wise to do that because as you know from dealing with this owner going back to 1999 uh everything could change and anything could happen but i think the league knows this has to get done and i think the league being behind it and Snyder getting his price that he wanted 6 billion for a franchise that was valued slightly below 5 and a half billion is a fairly significant number. So I think the cloud eventually will get lifted and Josh Harris. So if Josh Harris walked, came on your show, Rick, what would be the number one thing you would tell him he needs to do to start this Washington Commanders or change the name era off on the right foot? Well, first thing you got to do is surround himself by people that he trusts that are really good at what they do. Not your friends, not your relatives, but the best in the business. 
I'm just flabbergasted by the fact that millionaires can't buy good health. It, it just <laughs> blows my mind. And so we all realize the shell game. Nobody loses. The worst team in the league makes just as much as the best team. So it's a rotten system and that it, 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 it grows and it, it invites mediocrity. So people can run around, stick their chest out, and be under 500. There's no other business like in the world. And so what you think should happen hardly ever happens, but based on how he's handled the other two professional franchises, and he's been associated with successful people like the Steelers who understand how you build winning. You know, it's one thing to create a game, and that's, that, that's the one thing that you got to do. But to, in order to win, it's a whole different formula. There's so few have, and it's because they have no incentive to win. Because if I can get fat and rich and be in last place, what's going to make me get up at 530 in the morning and go out and run and do crunches or whatever? So what he's got to do is get people that can inspire others to do their jobs and to seek being a world champion. If he can do that, he'll be fine. Yeah, no, 100% agreement. We're speaking with Rick Doc Walker, former. Well, well uh, oh. Femi, I, I want to follow up with that yeah. question. Okay, so, Rick, in your humble opinion, does he have that leadership team in place with Ron Rivera calling all the shots, Marty Herney and, and Martin Mayhew? I mean, does he have that? Does he have that leadership team there? Does their record qualify that to your standards? No, I, I mean, I keep saying it. I mean, I wrote a column this week on VEASAN that this team is improved, but I have serious doubts about the coach and less doubts about the quarterback. Like, if they don't make a move, like, why didn't they go after DeAndre Swift? They should be after Dalvin Cook. Like, why are they sitting status quo? Are they good enough? They need oh. – I think they need a legitimate big-time runner, especially with you a rookie quarterback. Have, so we, we could have a frosty beverage exchange on that one. Because I like the roster. I like their backs. I like Delvin Cook. He's great and all that. We got him. And the kid out of Kentucky. Uh, we, don't. we good. We got some bulls no. No, in the don't. ring. No. Uh, we gonna say, you and I, can we do a beverage on this one? <laughs> yeah, we can I'll because none it. of those backs average over four yards a carry, Rick. I mean, they that's got no the explosiveness. Past. Yeah, that's, that's in the, the past. past. Well, look, the, the past, they, the haven't, they haven't been over 500. Though. Okay, here's the deal. I with you. And you and I speak the same language, but we're talking about two guards that won't be there. The offensive line was shot, and, they, and the people who brought them in there, again, that should be grounds for execution. All I'm telling you <laughs> is that I like the roster. All I needed to do, I, it's, a, it's a structural thing that I'm in disagreement with in any organization. I would never have a head coach in any sport run my team, ever. I'm a general manager guy because that's what I saw. I saw Jack. I saw Bobby and Joe Gibbs. I've seen it work. I know what it looks like. It's never looked like that here. Well, no. we're speaking with Doc Walker here, former NFL tight end, Super Bowl champion, host now over at 106.7 The Fan in D.C. Well, you talked about how you like the roster, Doc. What about the quarterback? Because I think that's what a lot of people are curious about. Sam Howell started one game last season, week 18 against the Cowboys. If he is the week one starter, what should we expect from Howell in year one? Again, this kid, I saw him as a freshman at Carolina. I have a theory that guys that don't wet the bed as freshmen playing Division One football, they, they're built a little differently. I like the way he's constructed. I did the preseason games last year. I saw him under the scope. I watched him every day in practice. He's not going to be your problem, in my opinion. The problem was nobody was smart enough to put him in the game until the last game. That's on them. They lost to Cleveland and the Giants. They, they couldn't beat the Giants twice in the game. They would have been a playoff team, in my opinion, with the group they had. So, yeah, I think – I boy, my goodness, I'm going to have a frosted beverage on YouTube easily. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, don't forget, don't get amnesia as we get going down the line. Oh, I, oh, I, I don't. I have a good memory, Rick. I, I'm with you. But, look, I don't understand it. So, Rivera watched Carson Wentz play at the beginning of the year, the Tennessee game, all those games they gave away. Then they get it going a little bit. They get on the streak. They have the bye week. They lose three out of four off the bye. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. like, what gives you – I mean, there's. I have no confidence that he's going to correct the problem. They put Wentz back in the game. They put Wentz I know, back and in. That was, hey, look, 
We agree. I agree. I agree. I'd like my GM to be in charge of football ops. That's just my opinion. Well, I do too, but somebody, but the coach gets to pick the players. You can't tell the coach now, who's going to start. Yesterday, maybe that'll change. Yeah, but that would. What's be your feeling? Opinion. What's your feeling on the Bienemy-led offense as you've as you heard about it from people in the building? Well, they're in, the kids are enthusiastic about it because they most guys that haven't won want to win, and and EB pushes you. He challenges you. I've never been around athletes that don't want to be challenged. But the first thing is that they have to understand what the objective is. See, all they talk about, not all, but a lot they talk about is culture. Well, I'm not running a daycare. <laughs> I'm these people that are programmed to become champions. And in order to do that, that encompasses the fact that we got to wake up early and stay up late. <clears throat> it already tells me I got to do more than, than, than my job. I've got to go beyond got to go beyond all we ever get to is to the point. And we start parading around and giving people bonuses and exalting people that are under 500. So the bar, they talking about culture, that rat trap of an environment, they created it. That's not why they lost. Dan Snyder didn't miss a block. He didn't throw an errant pass. They have got to get the people that play the game in that locker room. have got to get geared on one common goal and that is to get out of last place in the division. And that's what EB represents. It's a bent of mind that he's going to bring that is sorely, sorely missed. I'm excited about what will happen. Haven't seen it, though. I'm not a mock schedule guy. I don't do that. You don't even know who the hell's going to be on the team. But what I'm telling you, what I observe is that the athletic part of it has promised. What I need to have happen is the people pushing the buttons of human beings that's got to be upgraded. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's very well said there in terms of what the commanders might be able to do this upcoming season there. Eric Bieniemy coming from a winning program in Kansas City. We'll see if they can uh, add that to the Washington Commanders upcoming here in 2023. He is Doc Walker, former NFL tight end, Super Bowl champion. Check him out over at 106.7 The Fan we're in Washington, D.C. We're going to get that beer, Doc. We're, we're going to have a few beers. <laughs> Doc, we appreciate hey, look, the time. Don't, don't be like Ross, okay? Cowboy <laughs> yeah. Ross. <laughs> yeah, well, Femi's a cowboy guy, too, Doc. Femi's a cowboy guy, too. I am a cowboy guy. We'll see you Thanksgiving, Doc. We'll be back on the other side of this little... If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM BetMGM and official sports betting partner of the NHL laces up with a playoff parlay insurance offer. Place a one-game parlay of four legs or more and get back a bonus bet up to $25 if you miss one leg. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and parlay selection features throughout the postseason. Log in now or sign up and opt in to get back up to $25 in bonus bets if one leg in your one-game parlay falls short. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for T's and C's, 21 plus, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. For those of you who don't know what T's and C's is, that's terms and conditions. And I swear I did not make that up. Michael Lombardi, it says it in the script. So oh, yeah. uh, I'm just over here reading what BetMGM wants us to read. Buddy. Oh, I know. I know. I know you follow the script. <laughs> I know that. I know that. I understand that. Well, let's let's stick to the script and to the rundown. And that says we're going to bring in our next guest, Vincent, senior NBA analyst, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast, Jonathan Von Tobel, joining us here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. JVT, at one point this season, the Lakers were 200 to one to win the NBA title. Now they still have a lot of work to do eight wins away, but man, this is just an improbable in season turnaround as somebody who's followed the league countless of years. Can you remember a team making this sort of a change midway through the season now getting to this point? I mean, I think the the, the most recent one, at least that comes to mind, they weren't a, a, a seven seed by any stretch, but do you remember the year that LeBron had like Dwayne Wade and Derek Rose mm-hmm. and, all those guys on that roster and right at the trade deadline, they shipped off almost everybody and they rebuilt that whole roster. It was like Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson. Uh, and they made it all the way to the NBA finals that year as well. That, that at least comes to mind in terms of one of the most recent examples of shipping off almost an entire team, like changing everything about it, getting all new role players and getting to a really high level. And the common denominator there is that LeBron's there and LeBron last night was great. 39 and nine. Uh, in a game in which he went out there and absolutely established his dominance, a team that was up against it on the road, that was, look, told us all year long, this is who we are, right? The Golden State Warriors. We're a flawed team. We're not very good on the road. And that ultimately showed out. So this has been really impressive. And it was really impressive performance for LeBron in season 20 to drop 39-9 in a closeout game and, and put his team in the Western Conference Finals for his second stint as a Los Angeles Laker, at least. Yeah, and you know, as you've been saying all along, their defense has been so good. It's awesome. And when they get 40 minutes out of out of Anthony Davis and LeBron plays like he does, I mean, that's a tough matchup. And as they face the Denver Nuggets, how do you see this one going forward? So this is, this is where it's fascinating, right? Because, Michael, I think if there was a player that you would want to match up with Nikola Jokic, it would be Anthony Davis, right? Anthony Davis would be the piece that you would be comfortable throwing at him. So I think that's a matchup that is going to be really fascinating to watch. Jokic is playing incredible basketball that I don't even think he's getting enough credit for for how well he's been playing, especially in that series against the Phoenix Suns. But I, I wonder if, are the Lakers going to have enough offensively to keep up with Denver? Because I don't think you're really shutting Denver down. So then it just becomes, what's your offense going to look like? And I, I've, I think I've told you guys this stat before. It's one that's mind-blowing, but it speaks to how good the Lakers have been defensively. Their offensive rating in the postseason right now, guys, and non-garbage time minutes, 111.7. That is just about 0.8 points better than what the San Antonio Spurs regular season offensive rating was, wow. right? That's, that's incredible. And yet... They are second in postseason net rating. Like they are incredible on the defensive end of the floor. And you can argue that, hey, look, they played the Memphis Grizzlies, who are not the greatest offensive team, especially in half court situations that were missing some pieces. They were playing the Golden State Warriors, but they, I mean, they shut down the Warriors too. And the Warriors are a little bit of a better offensive team than the Grizzlies give. So I'm I'm fascinated, Michael, by that dynamic. And I lean right now, I think, to the Denver Nuggets. 
only because I do think that Denver is good enough offensively with Nikola Jokic that even if he's taken out of the game from a scoring perspective, he is so good as a passer and a facilitator and the pieces around him are good enough, coupled with the fact that they have home court against a team that, look, right, is, is getting a little bit older and this run is kind of wearing on them. It's going to be a long series. I think this is going to be like six, seven games written all over it. But if you're asking me right now to pick a team, I think I would go with the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, right now over at BetMGM, Denver minus 145 on the series price, yep. the Lakers plus 120. We're speaking with Jonathan Von Tobel, NBA senior analyst here at VEASAN and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Make sure you check that out. Drop an episode every single day during the week and during these playoffs here. JVT, let's go over to the Eastern Conference, though. The Miami Heat beat the New York Knicks last night, 96-92, to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's improbable in its own right. They're the eighth seed now in the Eastern Conference Finals. Who do you think the Heat would match up best with, though, in the in the Eastern Finals? Would it be the Sixers or the Celtics? Oh, Michael's been all over it. They would match up better with the Philadelphia 76ers. They want the 76ers to win this Game 7 uh, coming up here tomorrow. Now, I will say, I think the 76ers still beat them. But if you're looking at the way this works, right, this is why, Femi, a lot of people keep saying, like, hey, we should look at this Heat team like the one that was last year. But there's a lot of differences. This starting lineup has Kevin uh, Kevin Love in it. It's got Gabe Vincent. It's got Max Struess. Those are three relatively weak defenders that a team like Boston, which a bunch of rangy wings who are really good offensively, can pick on in one-on-one -on -one situations. I don't think Miami wants to see that because that's going to be a challenge for them. But if you're talking about Philadelphia, which is a little bit better for you there, you know, you've got a body you can throw on uh, Joel Embiid. You've got Jimmy Butler who you can throw on one of their better offensive weapons if you need to. You've got the options now as a team to kind of hide some of the issues you have defensively when it comes to weak on-ball defenders. And I think that helps you out a little bit more. So I, I do think they'd rather see the Philadelphia 76ers win this because if Boston gets them, I think either way, they're turning back into a pumpkin, right? It's about to strike midnight for the Heat. <laughs> but I think it gets uglier if it's Boston as opposed to Philadelphia. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about Philly. You you mentioned during the break when we were off air that the Robert Williams insertion into the starting lineup made all the difference for them. And Tatum's fourth quarter, obviously he outscored the 76ers alone in the fourth quarter. Of course, everybody's saying nobody threw the ball to poor Joel. He was out there, nobody threw him the ball. Like it was everybody else's fault but Joel's. But that's beside the point, right? You know, so tell me why that move was so significant in your eyes. So last year, Michael, one of the big things that Ime Udoka did with Boston, because remember, they were 18 and 21 famously, and then they turned things around, they go on this big run. One of the big things that happened with Boston last season is they changed what they were doing defensively, and they used Robert Williams instead of using him as a center guarding a center, right? So he was in like pick and roll actions and dropping, doing all that stuff. They put him off ball, and they put Al Horford in the position defensively to guard other fives. So what that did was you have now Robert Williams off ball, who's just crashing in and helping, contesting shots. Like, that's your help defender, and it made all the difference in the world. And here's a couple of numbers for you. Last season, with the starting lineup that they rolled out the other night, so that's Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Robert Williams. That lineup alone, guys, had a plus 24.3 net rating in the regular season. Mm -hmm. It was a dominant, dominant starting lineup. When you just had Robert Williams and Al Horford on the floor together last season, they had a plus 14 net rating. This season, when you had Al Horford and Robert Williams on the floor together, a plus 14.5 net rating. Michael, this has been a lineup that got them to the NBA Finals last season that has got, given statistical returns that have just shown outright dominance. And I'm really surprised it took Joe Missoula this long to try to trust his players and put this thing back out there. Missoula is more of an offensive-minded coach. So I put Derek White back out there. He tends to want to go smaller and wants to shoot the ball, and that's led to a pretty good season. But when you need to play defense consistently – Put your best defenders on the floor, and there's still some upside offensively, and that's the change. And so I think now as we spin this forward, if they're going to roll with this lineup now as we move forward in the postseason, which I think they probably are, kind of what we were talking with Miami, I think you now start to view Boston as the team from last year, the team that mm -hmm. was dominant defensively, the team that ran through the end of the regular season. This is a team that I think is perfectly capable now of beating any one of the teams that are still alive if they're actually going to roll with their best and most dominant starting five. So then do you disagree with the line movement that we've seen here in the Sixers-Celtics market for tomorrow's Game 7? Right now I'm seeing all those sevens getting taken. We're down to six and a half now. So I, I would disagree and I don't disagree, Femi, in the fact that if you've watched the returns for Boston so far, I can understand looking at seven, seven and a half and saying, yeah, it's too high, especially when you're talking about a total of what, 202 right now? 201. Like in that range. 201, thank you. Um, so you can understand taking seven because that's a low-scoring game, right? It's like taking a touchdown in a game that's got a total of 42. It, you know, it's, it just yeah. it makes a little bit more sense. But I, I think that if you're talking about what's the change, right? Because that's the thing that I've been pushing is if you're going to change a point spread, there's got to be a change. 
Well, for me, there is, there is a change, right? Now we have a starting lineup that has dominant statistical returns. That was one of the best ones in the regular season last year in the postseason that I think if you're somebody who wants to back Boston, I would be more comfortable doing it now as opposed to doing it when they were still rolling out those smaller lineups that were playing inconsistent defense. So I haven't bet this yet. I think I'm going to be on Boston, whether or not I'm going to sit back and wait for the market to move or just wait in game in a low scoring game like this. It's more than likely going to come down and get even cheaper once the game begins. I mean, you got a cheaper number against uh, Philadelphia the other night, but I think that's the way you want to approach it is look at Boston differently now because they have made a tangible change and that can make all the difference in the world. I'm shocked. I mean, I'm completely shocked. You're, you're not You're not going to go with Doc Rivers in a Game 7? I mean, I don't understand this, KBT. I mean, come on. You Six got and nine Bill Belichick in game, sevens. game Sevens here. Six and nine in Game yeah, Seven. I mean, 17 and 32 in I'm, elimination games. Lost nine straight second-round closeouts. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, JBT, I mean, 32, 32 closeouts. <laughs> I mean, he's lost. The, he set a record in the NBA for 32 closeouts. I mean, I can't believe you're not going in this. You know, to me, the series is always – I've lived this nightmare before. It's always happens. You know, go up – I've been, they've been up 3-1 against Boston and lost. Yeah, JBT lived this nightmare in the bubble with Doc Rivers leading the Clippers. So this is a Clippers safe fan, space, baby. gentlemen. This is a safe yeah. space. I'll be here to be the guy that listens to you guys dump on Doc Rivers. JVT, thanks. I'll see you tomorrow with Live Bet Sunday. We'll be see back with our number two of the Lombardi line coming up next here presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.